0: I'm Mark Graven, a senior advisor to Kinexis. and on behalf of the Kinexis team, I would like to welcome you to today's webinar titled, Engaging Leaders in, and the Baldrige Framework to Advance Excellence, a look at the extraordinary work at Mary Greeley Medical Center. And we're joined today by uh, a couple of preventer- presenters from Mary Greeley Medical Center in Iowa. They've presented uh, for us before. They are Karen Keel rosser she's the Vice President of Quality, and Ron Smith, the process improvement coordinator. I've had a chance to visit Mary Greeley Medical Center a couple of times over the past couple of years and I've been um, very impressed with their uh, executive leadership team's commitment to quality and it's been great to see the the role that that, um, Karen and Ron have played to uh, help engage other leaders and um, colleagues uh, in the organization in improvement as they've combined methods including Uh, LEAN, the Malcolm Baldrige Framework, and other methods that that they will be presenting about today.
1: Great. Thanks, Mark, for the opportunity. Um, I'm Karen Keel rosser and I'm going to go through just very quick our objectives. Um, We're going to talk about how our engagement strategies for leadership buy-in, how we use those closest to the work or engage those closest to the work, and how we um, enhance our sustainability through project management and documentation. Um, Just a little bit about Mary Greeley, we're located in Ames, Iowa. We are an acute care hospital, about 220 beds, 1,300 employees. Um, And another unique thing about us, we are city-owned, governed by an elected five-member board of trustees, a little bit different than maybe most hospitals out there. Um, Our mission, vision, and our values really drive the work that we do at the Medical Center, and I'm going to highlight two of them, um, specifically that we are respectful and innovative. And that really drives results at this organization. This is our our picture of our strategic plan, if you will. And you'll notice that everything that we do is centered around our patients. And it kind of looks like a compass and, and that's purposeful because we always say here at the Medical Center, quality and safety is our true north. If we focus on that, everything else will come along. Operational performance is where we have a lot of our financial metrics and a lot of our employee engagement, provider engagement. So we do believe that our true north is quality and safety. We focus on other indicators of excellence, if you will, um, within our uh, work at the medical center. Our objective one, we're gonna talk about our engagement strategies for leadership um, as far as a buy-in of Lee and culture. And and I'll focus on the, the key successes at Mary Greeley. We believe that some of the success has been attributed to, or we know that it's been attributed to our senior leader engagement and our discipline. And I'm going to highlight that word discipline because that is significant to our work and to our success. And I liken it to if you are an athlete and let's say you're training for a marathon, we know that there's a lot of work that goes into running a marathon. You can't just start running uh, by saying, gee, I want to run a marathon. I'm going I'm to run 26 miles and, and I'm going to do that next week. You really have to be disciplined. You have to focus on on a training plan. And that's very similar to what we look at for our framework here for excellence at Mary Greeley. We have a focus on our plan for how we are gonna run that marathon because after all, it's, it is a marathon, it's hard work. So we are very disciplined every day in our training, every day we're engaging our leaders, our staff, our entire organization in what's important to the to the work that we're doing. Um, we also use Baldrige as our framework for excellence and again, that's where the discipline comes in, just like with a marathon and you're training for that marathon. We are every day working on our Baldrige framework, on the principles within that framework, uh, because we know that that drives organizational excellence. Um, the Baldrige process really becomes part of the work that we do every day. We have, not, we have not called out Baldrige and lean. And so these are new projects that we're gonna do to get us to organizational excellence. Baldrige is our framework. LEAN supports that framework, and I'll show you in a couple of slides how we do incorporate that into the work that we do every day. And we also have a culture of and support for a learning environment, and that's significant for our organization so that our employees know that they're going to be supported by the new work that they're doing. This is just a picture of the Baldrige framework, and our organization is very familiar with this. They align their values. Um, with the Baldrige core values and concepts. Uh, we look at the years of experience and we don't, uh, this isn't something that we built within our organization with just myself and, and one or two other people. Um, we spread this throughout our organization. And since we've been on this journey um, for organizational excellence, and it it certainly started before 2010, but I came in 2010 and I knew that in order for this organization to really not only get to a point where we are excelling, but then to sustain that, I had to create the spread. So the way I'm creating the spread is by engaging a lot of other individuals in the work. Um, We have examiners who are trained to to be examiners for uh, not only our state program, but at the national level. And this chart just shows the years of experience, of examiner experience. So that framework that I'm referring to, the Baldridge framework and the criteria, is really what we use throughout our organization. And we now have 65 years of of leaders and staff who are trained to spread that uh, that framework throughout our organization. Um, Part of our early journey also included um, adopting a culture of high reliability, where we said every day we were gonna focus on um, preventing harm and ensuring that our patients are safe and that we deliver the highest quality care and we took a systems approach to our high reliability, and this is something that we learned from our Baldrige framework, where we identified our top work systems. And that those are the, the top boxes on this chart. Um, admit, assess, treat, discharge, and continue of, of care. We identified those as our key work systems on the side where we say, Patient care is one of our our key work processes. And then we also have this bucket where we call support systems. So we identified those systems of care throughout the medical center. And then within those systems of care, we identified how do we support those? Um, What are the areas that support admissions and, and support the assessment of care and the treatment of care? And we came up with those 49 support systems. And we highlight those because that really gets to understanding the work that we're doing. And from there we said, you know, what's really important is to make sure that our staff understand this and every one of our 1300 employees understand how they are supporting those systems of care. So we set out, actually our our CEO set out on a process whereby we create these work system maps. So I've got an example here of our HR department and we have work system maps in almost every one of our departments. Uh, where we identify at the very top of the map, really highlights our organizational goals. We have four big dot organizational goals aligned around those, um, that safety and quality, operational performance, access to health, and then external relationships. Those are the four key things that we're focusing on at this organization. And then we said we're going to look at the, the support system around those big dot goals and Really, within that support system, we have the human resource um, system of of, um, support or care at Mary Greeley, and we created a work system map with them, with the HR department. And this is just an example of the process that we went through with all of our departments, but human resources was our first one. Human resources and education is part of the work system under support. And the HR department said, well, the work that we really do in HR is we really have capability and capacity management um, and workforce engagement, and then we allowed them to create a a bucket of other work that they do, and that's where they kind of align some of their work with various departments, but within that workforce capability and capacity and the workforce engagement and then that other bucket, the leaders of the HR department identified some of their high-level work that they do. And so the leaders, the HR department leaders and supervisors created that orange and blue box diagram, and then we invited the staff to come in and tell us the work that they do. And they were able to, this is kind of, you think about a, a sticky note brainstorming session, every one of the HR staff members came in and the CEO led them through a conversation of the work that they do to support those uh, specific categories under those blue boxes. And it was a really good exercise for the staff to say what they're doing and how they're supporting the work of the department, which ultimately supports the work of the organization. Our initial um, desire in doing these work system maps was really to understand uh, how the work was being done at the organization. And what's kind of morphed from this is our staff are really engaged with the discussion that's going on and they feel valued. They feel like their work is valued. They feel like the CEO is actually leading these discussions and, and wow, the CEO really wants to know about the work that we're doing. So it really has been kind of a benefit of two, yeah. It's the benefits have been twofold. Not only do we better understand the work that's being done in the department, but the staff are really feeling engaged with um, the process. So it's been a great exercise for us. We've gone through a number of our departments now. We're not we're not done with all of our 49 work systems. We just started this last fall. The intention is to get through all 49, um, but the success has been overwhelming. So we're continuing this process, and we learned this from another Ballard's organization. Uh, we went on site and visited them, and we saw that they were doing something similar. So we brought it back to our organization to try it, and it's been very successful, as I said. Our work continues um, in creating a sense of urgency with our leaders um, to continue to design our work until we can't get it wrong. And that's been a focus of of the work that we've been doing with our leadership. Our focus on high reliability is an ongoing process. Um, It's never complete and it's never perfect. And that's a key that never is perfect. Um, We always say at this organization, we're not gonna wait for perfect, we're gonna start. And it might be good in the, in the beginning, just like that HR work system map that we started. It's not perfect. And we know that because we've done a number of work system maps since then, and we that process continues to evolve. So that's been a philosophy that we've been working on. Um, and another um, piece of our work is that we are engaging our workforce, and that equates to a respect for their work. And we learned that through a number of the initiatives that we're gonna show you in, in a coming, the coming slides. But early on, we learned that respect for the work is important for us to not only do in working with our leaders, but in working with our staff. So why did we implement LEAN within our Baldridge framework and our leadership development system? Um, because we really need to proactively plan for our future And that aligns with some of the criteria in category 1.1 of our Baldrige framework. It calls out, how do you create a focus on action? So creating a lean environment really helps us create a focus on where our work is most important. And if you think back to that work system map, that HR work system map that I just showed you, highlighting some some of the work within that map, bringing the staff in, having them tell us the work that they're doing it starts to highlight where there might be some waste in the department. And it doesn't mean that doing these work system maps, we're gonna find areas where we can get rid of work and, and where we don't need people. It's more of a, a process of looking where, hey, is there an opportunity for us to streamline our, wor- our work such that maybe there's some duplication of work in there, maybe two people in the same department are, are doing something similar and we could streamline that. So it's really about creating a focus on action Um, also within that lean uh, focus to do the right thing and only the right thing so that gets to category 1.1 again identify needed actions where do we need to focus our work engaging those closest to the work um, we need them to help design and redesign their work that's respect for the workforce we talk about it in category Uh, 5.1 workforce accomplishment And in 6.1, where we talk about designing your work. So if you're a Baldrige organization, that's where some of this work is aligned. And then learning from each other. It's critical to the success of our organization. That gets to knowledge management 4.2. Best practices, we're sharing our best practices. We're sharing our organizational learning. You'll hear from Ron about how we do that in First Fridays with some of the work that we're doing. So building that lean culture has been Uh, a part of our approach throughout our not only our Baldwin's journey but as we develop our leaders. So what makes a good um, lean leader? What makes a leader that is able to focus on these areas? Um, They they make lean part of their strategy, part of the work that they're doing um, already and it aligns with the organization. We don't have projects that that are spun around this organization or, or that we create or that we do that are just a one-off. They really do have to be aligned with the organization's strategy. Um, a lean leader accepts continuous improvement. They reject the status quo. Uh, we have leaders all over the organization that are looking for better opportunities to do their work. And we've given them the, um, the latitude to say, if that's something that we're doing just because we've always always done it that way, we need to look at that as an opportunity to eliminate some waste. So that's a that's been a Big philosophy here. We always put the customer at the beginning, at the end, at the end, and they're really kind of the center, the focus of our projects. But really, the beginning and the end of all improvements because we want to make sure that we're doing what the customer needs. And then it's a double check at the end: did we address the customer's needs? Um, leaders, lean leaders need to be able to simplify their work. They need to be able to identify waste. And you're going to see how we've kind of trained our leaders to do that throughout the, some of the initiatives that we've rolled out. We always involve those closest to the work. Leaders know how the work should be done and staff know how the work is being done. So that's why it's important to bring our staff in and respect Um, that that comes from the Toyota Way. Um, We've kind of, we've kind of stolen a lot of practices, best practices from a lot of the best um, organizations out there. And the Toyota Way talks a lot about um, respecting your staff, respecting, respecting the work that is being done. Um, we also, like I said, learned from some of the best. Uh, Mark Graben tweeted this, this, um, this quote a while back, and we believe that this is something that we have practiced and we continue to practice in this organization. Um, the role of management is to enable your employees to do their work well. So we really have adopted that thought here at the organization. And a lot of the work that we are gonna show you is how we have been training our our managers to enable employees to do the work that they need to do and then identify the improvements. One way we've done that is through the 100-day workout concept and the 100-day workout concept is not new and unique to Mary Greeley. Uh, We actually borrowed this best practice from uh, GE Healthcare and actually Mark came on site and helped us a little bit with this in rolling it out in our organization um, but the 100-day workout concept is really engaging, and we used it to engage our leaders to identify an improvement project in their areas, in their scope of work. Um, so really, it's a, an improvement idea that they can, leaders can come up with um, where they can complete an idea, um, an improvement idea in 100 days. And they're gonna use our software system, Kinexus, to manage the project. So in 2014, we rolled this out for the first time. And we set out with a a set of rules for our leaders uh, that they could create, identify a project that had to be completed in 100 days and using our software platform, Kinexus. The ground rules for the 100-day workout Um, all of our leaders had to participate. And we have 70 leaders here, about 75 leaders here. Um, So that was a pretty significant number of leaders. We knew we had to have a systematic way that we were gonna roll this out. Um, We had some of the rules that we, and the other rule that we had um, put out there was the leader had to be able to complete their project or it had to be within their scope and they had to understand the project, any barriers that were there. The the project had to be focused on improving revenue and saving cost, And then we added in there without negatively impacting quality, safety, or service because we didn't want our leaders to, and we probably knew they wouldn't, but we had to put that out there. We didn't want it to negatively impact the quality of the care or service that we were providing. And the idea had to be completed in 100 days. So some key ground rules that we started our 100 uh, day workout with. And this is just a little bit of a timeline of what that looked like. <clears throat> um, we kicked it off in January of 2014 and the senior leaders reviewed and approved all of these projects that were submitted. And we actually had the leaders meet with Kinexus um, consultants to kind of establish and finalize their 100 day plan And then we had 30 day follow up meetings where we not only reviewed their projects, reviewed their metrics, um, but we did some follow ups and check ins. And Kinexis came on site, the the folks from Kinexis came on site and helped us out with this initial project. Uh, In April 2014, when we were finalizing the 100 day workout, we validated results with our finance department. And this is something that we identified as a best practice within our organization. We have validated whether the result, uh, whether the project resulted in a hard savings or a soft savings. And you'll see a little bit more about that down the road because the Kinexus platform that we're using really helps us um, not only track that, but um, trend it by various departments and whether or not these savings were, in fact, hard or soft. And um, that's important for us to be able to manage within our, our lean and our process improvement work And then, of course, we conducted a celebration with our leaders to celebrate the work that they did. And the whole intent behind this 100 day workout was initially this 2014 project was to train our leaders in using the Kinexis platform. So they had to go in and they had to submit an idea. They had to work their idea. They had to um, include individuals um, in the project. So we we knew we wanted to get our leaders more active in using this software system, and um, using this 100-day workout concept was a great way for our leaders to to get in there. It was also good discipline for our senior leaders. We went in and looked at projects, managed those projects, or helped our leaders manage those projects. Some of the common themes that we saw come out of this um, 2014 100-day workout was around cost savings, Um, You can see them on the screen, a couple of contract renewals, things that that maybe the leader should have been doing or could have been doing, but the 100-day workout concept brought to light, Hmm, maybe I have to look at some of these things a little closer, Um, savings on medications and supplies, some easy wins, essentially. Um, We had some revenue generating ideas, which were kind of unique, selling unused equipment on eBay, and we had some areas where we needed to review charges for accuracy And there were some increases in volumes or opportunities for some volumes or services that we weren't capturing before. And what we realized, our final results, we had 54 opportunities for improvement that were completed with a change. Now, not all of our 75 uh, leaders had an opportunity that actually resulted in change, and some of them worked together with with their peers. Um, One of the benefits and and unintended benefit was we had a pretty significant cost savings and revenue generating um, experience with this project. We really weren't looking for those cost savings. And those were real. That $691,000 of cost savings, those were real numbers that we validated with our finance department. Um, We saved over 5,300 hours of labor and we called that or classified that as $116,000 in soft savings. Those were not dollars that came out of the organization, but those hours actually resulted in not only soft savings to the organization, but waste to our employees. And that really was a staff satisfier for them. Some of those things that they were doing, 5,000 hours of, of things they were doing, we took out of their work. And that was sprinkled throughout the organization and that resulted in our staff being more satisfied they don't like to do work that is um, maybe not beneficial to the organization so two fundamental principles that we we identified early on in our engagement and our, our structure with our leaders was that we had to have respect for the work that was being done and that is engaging staff engaging everyone in the improvement process and that learning by doing was really important. Um, if we would have asked our leaders to um, use the Connexus platform to manage their improvement work, they we would have had a very uh, a lot of variation in what we were in how that was um, going about. We would have had a lot of leaders that were either using it or not using it, and leaders would have um, we would have had some leaders that maybe never logged into the system. We knew that because when the system was live, we had leaders that weren't logging in. So we knew we had to to put something in there where leaders could test the system. So that 100 day workout was a great example of learning by doing. And now I'm going to turn it over to Ron, who's going to talk about some of the strategies we use to involve those closest to the work. All
2: right, thanks. I'm going to head back to this slide. Um, we got about 50 slides here and Karen and I were talking this. If this is the one thing you take from this, this is what we see as one of the most important slides in here. uh, start with learning by doing, you know, the 100-day workout she's talking about, the primary objective of that was to get our leaders into Kinexus and expose them to Kinexis because we had on our radar uh, a daily improvements program that I'll talk about in a little bit, but uh, that was going to require our leaders to be uh, pretty pretty f- efficient in Kinexis. And so the 100-day workout, we thought, well, that'd be a great way to get them in there, try a project and and understand how to, how things work before we try to jump all in with our staff so the 100 day workout when Karen said you know the 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 collateral benefit of the six six hundred thousand dollars seven hundred thousand dollars in savings just was a a surprise we had no idea that it was going to be that kind of an impact Um, but the key is we started and we didn't wait for something to be perfect Uh, we learned by doing and uh, we just started and did it and respect for the work that is that is the key fundamental that leads to this next objective uh, involving those closest to the work to Uh, improve and design their work so that's that's important Um, when we look at our improvement philosophy we we use this pyramid and uh, we do rapid improvement events at the top of the pyramid Um, they're great for like a three-day focus and deep dive on a process they don't have much spread so um, although we have a lot of success with them and we don't have the capacity to have a lot of those either because they take staff away from their work Um, but they are good and they're part of our improvement package and then there's projects going on. This is where the 100 day workout uh, would live, is in this green area of the projects. And at this stage of the game, we're still trying to figure out how we drive down into this foundation of the pyramid, of this managing for daily improvements. Uh, we've got it on our radar, but uh, we haven't done that yet. And so we're just in these top two top two areas of the pyramid at this point. Um, so I'll take you through that lean journey a little bit. Um, back in 2010, we started with the yellow belt training for our leaders and uh, uh, right off the shoot, we started with a learn by doing a project where we did a 5S, 6S we call it because we had safety. Um, we learned by doing, we did a, a 6S project in a warehouse and we had all of our leaders come through over the course of two days. It was a major sort uh, and, and sweep issue and uh, we we learned uh, what about a red tag process. We learned how to decide what was trash, what was uh, maybe still had value and what we wanted to keep and, and The leaders took four hour shifts over those two day periods and and came through, we ended up taking out eight commercial sized dumpsters out of these warehouses and today those warehouses don't even exist. Um, So we've have have trimmed our stuff our our resources there for sure and 2011 and 12 we started with the standard work and started looking at uh, what we were going to do with with standard work and try to. uh, document our processes and and get them more reliable um we put a standard work steering committee together and we facilitated them through a project a charter and a purpose and they helped us decide what our first rapid improvement event was going to be and we were off and running and we had rapid improvement events and then i needed a way to manage those rapid improvement events and that's where we entered into a relationship with Kinexis and brought them in uh, to help us manage our projects um so we're going along in 2013 where things are going well we've had 13 rapid improvement events A lot of success. Uh, We've done some value stream mapping events and we've introduced a threes to our preventable harm uh, areas. Anytime we have a fall or pressure ulcer, we do an a three to do a root cause analysis of those things and try to figure out what we could do to get better. So that's kind of where we're at Uh, up to the 100 day workout that Karen was just talking about in 2014 and and that was uh, When we were kind of looking into this daily improvements and so 2015 we began a program around uh, the trying to drive towards the bottom of that pyramid and getting at the foundation of there. Um, And i'm going to talk about that here, in the next few slides Um, and since then it's been all about getting better and getting better for us. Uh, continuing to build on what we had in all of those components in that pyramid Um, we started innovation improvement Council we've done uh, subsequent hundred day workouts um, and we're working with. uh, continuing of rapid improvement events and and our journey on Baldridge so actually we feel like when we moved into this daily improvements we did this to our pyramid we, we flipped it upside down and, and uh, we see the culture being the the real benefit of, of this managing for daily improvements that i'm going to talk about and we're students of mark graven here with the the managing for daily improvements if you follow mark you're very familiar with uh, this type of approach um, but basically you know you're looking at, at a, a program that starts out with just supervisors trying to engage their employees, making every e- effort to help them bring their ideas forward, no matter how small they are, and, and and helping them focus on improving their own job. We get a lot of, well, we don't get a lot, but p- the tendency is for employees to tell us uh, the big idea that they don't have any control over, like uh, maybe Mary Greeley needs a helicopter pad, is the example we always say. Well, there's not a lot that employee and that leader can do to implement that, that suggestion. We can send that up the chain and to the senior team, but uh, there's, they're not going to be real satisfied with that outcome, probably. They're not going to hear back on how that's going. That's a long-term strategy thing. Um, they'd be much, much better engaged if they were to find something that they could improve on within their scope and within their, what we call a three-foot radius. So we tell them, look at a three-foot radius from wherever you're at. If you're at the bedside, you're at your desk, or you're walking in the halls, Something in that three foot radius that might bug you or frustrate you or get in the way of patient care are probably appropriate for this type of a program. Um, only at the, second, at the second stage, then we, we, that's where I think we're at right now, we've had uh, since 2015, we've had thousands of submissions to this daily improvement uh, program and uh, at the second stage, we're starting to coach staff on problem solving skills, PDCA, starting to understand how to do this well. Um, but again, remember we didn't wait for perfect we started, you got to start somewhere and, and I think you start and then you build up on it and that's what we're doing. And only in the third stage do you really get into where you're tracking the ROI on these things and and pretty advanced as far as that goes, which connects has all the tools to track the ROI, like we do in our 100 day workout. Um, so one of the co- concepts here around daily improvements is that people tend not to resist change. Um, they resist being changed. So when it's when it's coming from them and when it's their idea and they're involved in the input, whether it's, whether it's their idea or a, a, a version of their idea, they were involved and had the input, they're generally on board and they generally speak favorably around change. Um, but when it's coming from the top and you do this because I said so, um, sometimes that doesn't feel so good and you have to, it's not that it can't be done that way you just have a little bit more resistance and you're going to have the whole uh storming norming forming kind of uh phases that they got to go through and and to get through that change and it's a little bit more difficult um some of the principles again based on we get this from mark and Kinexis, but um you got to empower the worker to act the change that's the key improvement principle around the daily improvements and continually improve with no idea being too small Um, if we can save three seconds of a nurse's time. We have 300 nurses here, and if it's something they do 10 times a day, uh, the benefit is well worth our time to improve that that three-second, make that three-second change. Um, another principle is that all ideas are addressed in some way. We want the employees to have a good experience. They're the customer of this process. We want them to come back for more and put in another idea. And if we don't respond in a timely fashion to their idea, we're not telling them that that's important and we then appreciate their. Response. So we tell our leaders uh, we want to use response to any idea, even if it's something you don't want to do or you don't think it's appropriate or it's too big, you need to respond and, and, and engage that employee within a week of, of them submitting the, the issue. Um, another thing is the fourth principle is, is don't ever blame the employee. So if you want to stop uh, the employee from submitting ideas. Well, let them submit an idea and then get in trouble for what they put in there because they've identified a problem. That's not something we want to do, so it's think of the, the ideas as a process and opportunity and, and no employee should ever get in trouble for uh, putting in an idea or, or calling out a, a problem. So it's about asking every day, uh, what are the problems interfering with your work with patient care, improvement, ideas for improvement, what do you need to do your job? Uh, we have we we have a set of questions that we give our leaders they're around the area of what bugs you or frustrates you in your job they're not around the area of what tools and equipment do you need to do your job that's a tough that's a little bit tougher for employees because they're kind of you're asking for the solutions and if you ask what bugs them or frustrates them you're getting the problem and we want to get to the problem so that we can solve it solve it in the best and most cost efficient way so it might sound like an electronic suggestion box and it is but it's different because we put a process around it. Um, you know, it's not going and, you know, the suggestion box are always locked. We don't understand why they're locked, but uh, we're afraid someone's going to come in and steal your ideas or something. But, uh, you know, the, the around the daily improvements program, we get a lot more. They're inter- interacting with their leader. They have 24 seven access to their leaders and there's a process around capturing, implementing, measuring and sharing that is deployed around the ideas that come in um, and then There's some components that are within each one of the methodology, is what I just talked about, but there's a leadership component and then the technology component. And the technology component is just the documentation. It it helps us share, it helps us do it better. It doesn't do it for us. And that's one of the things that happened. We had employees say, I put something in Connexus and nothing happened. Well, you still, we like to say, there's no somebody that works here. So if you're saying somebody needs to do this, then you're kind of out of scope right there. Um, We want, you to be putting something in that is something that you can control and as an employee and your leader can work with you to to guide you and make those changes. Um, so that's where the commitment for the leader comes in um, and the methodology is simple and consistent and disciplined so here's the here's the four the four things uh the four steps of, of a, a OI life cycle and the capture and, and the roles of each of those, those leadership methodology and technology, you know, leadership's trying to engage and encourage and reach and help through things like rounding, uh, huddles and meetings, and then the technology supports it. The user, the user submits an OI, an opportunity for improvement, and the leader gets notification, and so it's seamless. It's, it's not like they're putting it into a box and then they've got to wait a week before somebody checks the box. Um, the technology just helps things move along um, in this component. When we get to the implement stage, this is where PDCA lives. The whole thing here, the whole cycle looks like PDCA, but the PDCA lives in the implement stage and that's where we coach it. Um, And the leadership's job at this point is to help coach, provide coaching guidance to the employee um, and and make sure that they are following the PDCA. And when they implement something, did they check it and see if it got better? Um, And that's a common thing that we forget. And then the technology supports us through that. the measure here is not the check on the process on the on the leader but it's to document uh, the outcome of the of the improvement so we measure it we put it into categories of revenue generation or cost savings or um, patient satisfaction or patient safety and so forth so we want to document the improvement itself and what did what did we capture from that and then so important is the sharing step um, to demonstrate the value of uh, the leadership sharing this to demonstrate the value to emulate what they want other employees to do when they have successes. We we recognize that employee so that other employees can follow those those, that footstep. And uh, we want to use the technology to share and spread the improvements. So here's just one example of uh, of someone who put in a a OI regarding a a tractor that goes around and uh, um, when they shovel the snow and then after they go around through all the sidewalks, they have to go back with a salt spreader and then uh, spread the salt. And the, the idea was that can we put the salt spreader on the back of the tractor was the concept. And this Dan Vaughn has put it in and John Rotoloso has assigned it to him to work on. And about three months into this, I ran into Dan in the hall and he said, I'm never doing another one of these again. And he says, you know how much work it is to find, find out what I want, what kind of equipment could go on the back of this tractor. And he says, I've been working, working, working. And then I didn't, you know, I, I just encouraged him to keep going, but about three months later, I end up getting this picture from him, and I think, holy cow, look at that thing! And uh, I haven't—I followed up with him, and he's pretty proud of this. And every day he gets in this, or not every day, but when it snows, they get in this, their coworkers get in this, and they see this every day. And I, we feel like this is kind of the epitome and good example of uh, employee engagement and what we're looking for out of our employees. I'm going to kind of skip through some of this because we're running short on time. But we got a third objective: is how we how we sustain. Uh, enhance the sustainability and we when we talked about sustainability we said well what's one of the best things we've done so far and it came back to the 100-day workout in 2014 and we said gosh we didn't do another one of those just keep this thing alive and keep it going so we're right back here in this green part of the pyramid again and we're looking at a 100-day workout and the, the reason we picked that is it's just a simple straightforward concept uh, for so- for solving organizational problems it engages the teams of employees the managers are engaged uh, the senior leaders are engaged with their recommendations and their pool, everybody knows what's going on through the use of Kinexus. Um, the project owners can carry out the recommendations and all the, all the efforts are documented, fully transparent. We can validate the savings and the revenue generation and we can roll it up into a total. Um, and in 2016, we did another 100 day workout with the same ground rules. We created a little competition around it. We required our leaders to put it into a storyboard format uh, the competition had three categories there most collaborative most significant impact and lowest hanging fruit and when all was said and done uh oh, actually there was a we had to talk about uh how to find an idea that was one of the things leaders said what if i don't find an idea and we said well there's lots of places you can find ideas um we've had rapid improvement by ideas that didn't didn't come through um, we looked at the 2014 100 day workout was there ideas there that might trigger something for you um, and then all of our daily improvement ideas, um, what, what is out there? Are there any opportunities that you could pick from the daily improvement? So just basically searching Kinexus to find ideas or to trigger ideas was our, was our feedback to them. And then this was the result. So about the same overall savings, 700000 but we did have a shift from less cost savings to more revenue generation. Um, and then we think that's just people finding different ways to, to deploy the 100-day workout. We had 42 projects. 37 of them were completed with the change. And you can see how the documentation was in all the different categories and the impact that they had. Um, This is the storyboards that they put them in and the dots are what we gave our leaders to vote. And these were the winners um, for the different categories. We gave out a watermelon because that is indeed the lowest hanging fruit. And uh, we gave out some trail mix for the most collaborative effort and a thousand dollar bar for the greatest impact on the margin. Um, just had a little fun with it. And so we're getting better at getting better uh, from our first 100-day workout. If we hadn't tried that once, we wouldn't have the opportunity to get better. So, um, again, learn by doing. That's what we're talking about here. And look at what we ended up getting to to a point where we had an all-employee staff meeting where we had the winners and big posters up in the back of an auditorium and up on the sides were all of the leaders' storyboards for all of their projects so when employees come through, they could see what their leaders have been working on and what their teams have been working on. Uh, at this all employee meeting. So a uh, really good uh, workout on that. Um, we did another, we just finished another 100 day workout. It, it looks like we did them in consecutive years. We think every year is too much for this 100 day workouts. This was actually started in November and uh, we just finished it in 2018 at 61 total projects. And, and you can see 48 were completed with the change. Um, and check out these numbers. So you think we're getting better? Yeah, I think we're getting better. Uh, we got over a million dollars in savings and a million dollars in revenue validated by our finance department we had one project that that tipped the scales at seven hundred thousand dollars of revenue we had another project that's tipped the scales of two hundred thousand dollars in savings and in our 2014 yeah in our 2014 uh rapid improvement event or 2014 100 day workout we uh we were get excited about a fifty thousand dollar project savings and and this this one in 2018 we had Dozens, maybe not dozens, but a half a dozen projects in the $50,000 range and, and our change rate of now we have 53 projects submitted and we 91% of them now are completed with a change. So you can just tell that our staff and leaders are getting better at this and understanding where to find cost savings and revenue and our time saving is actually going down, which is the soft savings. And they're realizing that that saving time is while beneficial and more efficient is not hit impacting the bottom line. So they're learning that. So I'll turn it back to Karen to close out. So I'm uh, to
1: close it out and kind of quickly, our 100-day workouts, just um, if you look at the the learning that we have, and again, the learning is really around our Baldrige framework, creating systematic fact-based approaches that are deployed. That is absolutely what we did, not only with the 100-day workouts, but with our identifying our work systems and doing those work system maps and then rolling out our philosophy of managing for daily improvements, we're seeing engagement both at the leaders and at the staff level. And these 100-day workouts are where we say we are sustaining that improvement because we're building the knowledge base with our leaders who are then carrying it out with the staff. Um, the percent completed with the change of those OIs, we went from 83, and those are pretty good numbers. In 2014, we did of our 100 day workout submission ideas resulted in a change and now we're at 91% and those dollars are growing. And again, it's not about the dollars so much, it's the learn by doing and the the dollars that we're saving or the revenue that we're generating, just the cherry on the top. Um, We talk about our improvement journey. We started way back in 2010 where we brought in some training. We knew that we had to do more. We had dozens of events that we were going on. But actually this is where we say our improvement journey is really impacting our organization. This is kind of a busy slide, but the blue bars represent our, one of our big dot goals, preventable harm index. We wanna reduce the amount of harm at our organization, events that create or potentially create harm for our patients, that's going down. And those lines are representing our patient engagement, another one of our big dot strategies, that's going up. So that's a good thing. These uh, the bars in between the fiscal years. That's representing all the work that we're doing, all the things that we are implementing to engage our leaders, to engage our staff in sustaining a culture of high performance and safety. So our, our improvement journey actually continues. Uh, looking into 2025, you can see we're we're midway at that at that timeline. We have to continue to get better at getting better because we know that our patients expect that. We have a goal of zero harm in our organization and we're going to achieve that by using the Baldrige Framework and engaging our leaders in sustainability actions. So lessons learned. Um, just a couple of bullets there for you. We got to engage everybody. We got to make Baldrige about the work that we're doing every day. Um, don't cram for our test. Uh, you know we repeat over and over again. It's helping our leaders understand so they can help our staff understand. And then I think we turn it over to Mark.
0: Well, thank you Karen, thank you Ron, um, thank you for doing that presentation. Thank you for, as you put it, getting better at getting better. Um, so we'll give people time for um, questions to, uh, to keep coming in. And uh, while we do that, just want to make a few announcements about some other resources and upcoming events. If you enjoyed today's webinar, you can find um, Karen and Ron's previous webinar along with dozens of other webinars. If you go to our on-demand library, you can find that by going to kinexus.com slash webinars and uh, clicking on uh, that icon in the, the right-hand column. Um, we have a blog, which you can find at blog.kinexus.com, and I should also mention our Kinexus podcast series. We put the audio of these webinars and, and some other content into the podcast feed. You can find that by going to kinexus.com slash podcasts. You can search Apple Podcasts or uh, the other major podcast directories. We have plenty of upcoming events. We have um, all types of different webinars that we're doing now. Our next presentation style webinar is going to be on May 7th. The title is uh, Pets and Vets, Applying Lean in Unexpected Places. So I'll be joined by uh, a friend of mine who's a veterinarian, a doctor of veterinary medicine, Chip Ponsford. He is in the uh, North Texas area, very experienced veterinarian who, um, sort of like uh, the lean dentist and some uh, some others um, out there in unexpected places, got exposed to lean. And he has been... Um, a a good advocate for uh, embracing lean in veterinary medicine, in clinics. I have a little bit of experience where I spent a week at uh, a large animal clinic in a university setting a couple years back. So it's going to be mostly Chip's presentation, but we're going to be sharing some examples. um, Whether you're a a pet lover um, or or you just love learning about lean in different settings, we hope you'll join us for this webinar. You can register uh, right after this webinar. Um, by going to the slash webinars. So we've got Ask Us Anythings and Kinexis Demos and all sorts of other webinars that you can learn about there. And so with that, here's everybody's contact information and um, we'll do some questions if, if you guys are ready. Um, here's a question. Uh, what is the name and structure of your governing body for all of your improvements? Do you have a committee or how is that structured?
1: That's our Innovation and Improvement Council, kind of oversees a lot of our, is kind of the formal structure of managing our improvement work, but actually the, the daily improvements and our um, 100 day workouts, those are managed within our leadership system. So the, the directors and the managers and the vice presidents of the organization are really managing those.
0: So as a comment, I did not know watermelon was the lowest hanging fruit. I didn't know that either. So thank you for.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's on the ground.
0: <laughs> on. Um, let's see, there's another question. I'm not very familiar with the Baldridge approach. Why did you get started with that framework? You, you shared a lot of the what, but what, what was the why around how you got started with that?
1: The why with the Baldridge framework, it, it's back based um, It's. it's- Demonstrates it it asks you or the criteria asks how you do things, not what you should do. So that was really vital for us because we do have some approaches in place that we think are pretty good, but it puts you through a cycle of a PDCA cycle of um, looking at your approaches. Are we getting anything out of it? Are we learning anything from it? Is our data producing? Are we producing results that are um, favorable? And it also allows us to benchmark with other world-class org- organizations. So um, I'd encourage you to look on the uh, National Institute for Standard and Technology website, NIST, or Google Baldrige Framework. Um, the Framework for Excellence is kind of the framework that we have adopted in this organization as kind of touches every corner of our organization from operations to nursing and supports our philosophy of getting better at getting better every day.
2: I think in my circles, one of the misinterpretations of Baldridge is that it's all about uh it's only about process improvement. And that's just a piece of it. This is the Baldridge framework encompasses leadership, uh strategic planning all your customers, uh, how you measure and analyze and keep your data secure, how you work with your workforce, and then one category, the last category is about operations and talks about process improvement. Now everything is we woven through all of those things because you can't process improvement affects the customers and employees. So it's all woven through, but it's an overarching framework with which process improvement lives within. And just like strategy and leadership and all those other things I said, there is, like Karen said, from corner to corner of the organization.
1: It's a very holistic look at your organization and it, again, allows you to benchmark. The state offers, most states offer a Baldrige-based program that you can participate in. and we're pretty much, a, our organization has been focused on Baldrige and using the framework for excellence or well, since 2010.
0: And I'll, I'll add a follow up question here. Um, do you have any sense of how many uh, healthcare organizations are combining Lean and Baldrige the way you described here in the webinar?
1: Uh, we know half a dozen in our state are. Um, Baldrige and healthcare is um, a growing field because. Let's face it, in healthcare, we measure a lot. And we also have a lot of accrediting agencies, the Joint Commission, DNV, CMS, whatever you're using, they support this philosophy because Baldrige Framework is really grounded in that PDCA and improving your work and seeing those cycles of improvement, your data to measure yourself. So it really is, healthcare really has been using this um, framework for a number of years. I can't speak for other states. I came from another state where there were a multitude of organizations using Baldrige.
2: I've been an examiner with Baldrige, well, the state program and the national program total of seven years and I've not seen an application, a healthcare application or any application for that matter that didn't mention process improvement in, in some sort of lean approaches in yes. it to, to drive that. So uh, if you're if you're interested in Baldrige, you're going to be interested in me. process
1: and vice versa
0: yeah right yeah 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 we have another question here um your financial results are great what are you tracking to gauge leaders coaching and engagement effectiveness and how that translates to frontline employee engagement and or morale do you have uh, behavior indicators Um, thanks for sharing your journey and experience
1: we're tracking uh, the percent of oi completion and we can track that by department and that's significant because think about it, if an employee puts an idea into Kinexis and the leader doesn't respond, or worse yet, nothing ever gets done with that idea, the the employee's probably going to be pretty disengaged or will likely disengage a little bit over time. So we track the percent of OI completion. And that's where Ron and and his partner, they they're constantly coaching and working with leaders um, using the hundred day concept. 100-day workout concept is another reminder to leaders of why it is so important to go into Kinect, using the system, how easy that system is to use, and the value of completing those opportunities for improvement. Uh, we just completed our, we're working on completing our um, annual employee engagement survey, and you know we've been hitting, hitting it pretty hard with our daily improvement program, with our 100-day workout program, and we're seeing some improvement in our employee engagement
2: see and with that daily improvements and men and kind of holding leaders accountable the 10 access platform allows me to create a bottleneck filter out there and what that does is it, I, can, I can put the new submission for that organization that has not been assigned so it's newly submitted and unaddressed by a leader if that's i can set that to seven days i can set that to 30 days i can set that to 24 hours i want to and anything that's outstanding then comes pops into my uh, queue and i can i can reach out to those leaders and see what's going on the same way with anybody that's tried to submit a resolution to their they think they've completed an employee might have completed their opportunity and they've submitted the resolution is waiting for the leader's approval if that's sitting out there in a queue for a long time it pops into my to my vision and i can say okay there's something out there the employees waiting to be responded to um, if there's ois that don't have any activity for a certain period of time that can be put into a queue and I track any UI that hasn't had any activity for six months, and they pop into my, my purview, uh, and I can manage things that way. In the reporting in Kinexis, you can run all of these reports, submission, users submitted, completed, completed with a change, uh, by department, by location, your organization, and literally sort it from top to bottom and see who your top performers are and, and who's struggling. All
0: right, we've got... Um... Four more minutes left. We get a couple questions, and I think here's uh, here's one. Do you ask employees for evaluation of the continuous improvement leadership team? If so, what is the result? We don't, but
2: that's. I don't think it's a terribly off the wall idea. I think it's a good idea <laughs> to be, uh, be
0: doing something like that, and talk about that. I guess in a way, that's surveying uh, people who might you might consider them internal customers if you're continuous improvement processes?
2: The you know, one thing that comes to mind is during our rapid improvement events, we do a plus delta at the end of every rapid improvement event. That gives employees the opportunity to provide us feedback on what they liked and what they didn't like for the, that specific event. And we make lots of changes from that exercise at the end of our rapid improvement event. Um, but we have not surveyed the satisfaction of our like daily improvements program. Or anything like that, So that, that's an opportunity for us.
0: Okay, uh, and, and the, the person who asked that question just added here, by the way, they were born at Mary Greeley. So <laughs> <laughs> love
1: that.
0: Yeah. Um, here's another question. Do you have any practical suggestions for weaning leaders off of blaming employees? It's an old habit, right? Uh,
2: you set the guidance, I think. You know, we talk about respect for the work and, and, and people respect for the people who do the work. And um, you set those foundations and you're looking for that to be followed. It's coming from the top, I think that's where the key is, where you key into to that senior leadership engagement and setting the way. And our CEO talks about this, every chance he gets in front of the employees, asking employees, have they, have they submitted? We actually do a survey at the end of these employee updates to ask, have you submitted an idea for a rapid improvement event or daily improvement in the last three months? and they have the clickers all the employees get the clickers and they can respond to that question in real time then we track that so we're looking uh we measure that as our measure of our engagement
0: programs Uh, one other one other question here Um, what what was the origin of your high level of senior leader engagement so many of us struggle with getting our own executives engaged. Um, Do you have any suggestions?
1: Well, it really starts at the top. And our CEO is very engaged. He was our former CFO and says he's going to forget everything he's known about being a CFO, and he's going to focus on patient safety and quality. And he knows that he's very respectful of the workforce. I mean, how many CEOs will sit down with staff, spends a day a week doing these process maps So he's very much uh, out there and talking and working with staff and engaging staff and ensuring that we're concerned about their well-being and committing to making their work better. Um, So it really starts with our CEO and then all of our, our, we have four vice presidents here and we are all equally engaged in uh, working with our directors on the 100 day workouts working with our staff on supporting the um, daily improvement philosophy so it really does start at the top your leaders at your, your senior leaders have to buy into this they have to see the value of this they have to want to make things better at the organization and you know our ceo said well i don't know if we need ballridge or lean or six sigma we just need something so we didn't pull six sigma off the shelf and and copy it word for word and implement it into our organization we took a little bit of the best of both worlds and we're implementing Six Sigma where it's necessary. We do a lot of lean because there's a lot of opportunities for lean in healthcare. And then using the Baldrige framework to really create that um, that structure for us. So to get that work done.
2: I consider myself to be uh, extremely lucky and fortunate to have the leadership that supports this. It makes my job so much easier. Um, when. When Brian's talking about this in front of the staff and putting this in the forefront, um,
0: it's it's just a fortunate situation, and I'm blessed to be in it.
2: Um,
1: It makes the work fun for us.
2: Karen and I even talk. We ask ourselves the questions: What do you think it would be like if Brian wasn't so engaged and so outspoken about this? And, And we just we still think we could be successful, but we know it'd be a lot bumpier road. A lot harder road
0: to, to hope, there's no doubt. Yeah. yeah, well, I see why that makes a big difference. It's it's never an easy road, um, but I want to thank you for um, giving us an update and and sharing some of the, the latest things you've been doing, some of the things that you've sustained over the years at Mary Greeley Medical Center. And um, on behalf of the Connexes team, I wanna thank you not only for being a customer, but thank you for being willing to share so much. So our uh, presenters today have been Karen Rosser and Ron Smith. You can see their contact info there if there are any questions that um, you wanna follow up with them on. Um, want to uh, encourage you again, if you'd like to sign up for uh, additional webinars or dig into the webinar library, you can do all of that by going to www.kinexus.com webinars. So to steal a phrase from my Kinexus colleagues, Uh, Matt Banna, Ryan Rippey, Clint Corley, I think he had something to do with this. We'll see you, Kai, next time. That's terrible, isn't it? Oh, I got a laugh from Ron. (laughs) Thank you, guys, and I hope you have a good weekend. Thank you. Thank you.